Thunder Media. On Inside Motorsport today, we speak with Lachlan Mansell on the start of the Formula One season. I hope you'll stay with us. Lachlan Mansell joins us once again here on Inside Motorsport as the Formula One season kicked off last weekend at Bahrain. Lachlan, happy 2023. Happy 2023 to you as well, Craig. Great to be back on the show and great to be talking some Formula One with you. It was an interesting pre-season which led to, well, if you just looked at the facts of the race, a Red Bull 1-2 dominated right throughout, but actually there was a bit more nuance in the race over the course of the uh, 50 odd laps. There were some interesting storylines, but let's just start the discussion by saying that it was a very dominant performance from Red Bull and they looked to be, if anything, even further ahead of the field than they were at the end of last year. Max Verstappen never looks like being challenged in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Sergio Perez was pretty comfortably in, in second position as well. And Ferrari, who were their nearest challenger last year, seems to be further behind and falling back into the clutches of not just Mercedes, but uh, the, the big improver heading into the 2023 season, Aston Martin, who've made some big leaps forward compared to last year. Aston Martin was the story of the weekend. They were the story of the pre-season testing. And it seems like that form is inherent in the way the team's gone about putting everything together this year. Fernando Alonso getting the podium ahead of Ferrari and Mercedes and then having Lance Stroll as the second highest team result to Red Bull is also uh, an indicator that on the... On the road, uh, sorry, on the uh, race specialist racetracks, they've got a pretty good package. It'll be interesting to see how they go as they have to negotiate the other types of racetracks. Such as the straight circuits. But I think that overall, you would have to say that their package does seem to be just a very strong baseline package. So, I don't see any reason that they can't make it just work just as well on different types of circuits. And Fernando Alonso, 41 years old, back on the podium um, for, I think, just the, the third time since 2014, which was a, an impressive result. But uh, not only that, Lance Stroll, he finished up in sixth position. And when you consider that there were question marks before the weekend about if he was even going to be fit enough to drive the race car at all, that was an impressive performance as well. So they've definitely taken a step forward. I think the other two teams that we would have expected to be challenging Red Bull this season, Ferrari and Mercedes, they would have both been a bit disappointed. Like I said, Ferrari just didn't seem to have the, the race pace. In qualifying, they weren't that far behind the Red Bulls, but over a race distance, they were consistently losing a lot of time and, Obviously, the, the, to rub salt into the wound, the mechanical problem of Charles Leclerc's car, which put him out of the race altogether, uh, obviously put them on the back foot in terms of championship. And then Mercedes, they were full of optimism coming into this season because they felt that they resolved the porpoising issues of their cars from last year. But 
it, it seems that they're just not quite quick enough. Um, and and the particular worry for them is that they've fallen seemingly behind not just Ferrari but Aston Martin. Well, everywhere you go, you talk about and hear about the drive to survive interest and the drive to survive fandom that is coming to the sport. And that has been key in the new owners of Formula One being able to build up to what is a, a huge race calendar this year, but also the amount of interest coming out of the United States. And there is a name of a young driver driving in Williams, which is supposed to be one of the back markers of the year, Lachlan, Logan Sargent. And that is going to have a lot of people in the United States taking a bit more interest in Formula One this season if he can have regular performances that are, by anyone's standard, batting well above his way. 12th position on the weekend in the Williams is a, a sensational run. Yeah, it was a good debut performance in the car that's widely being described as the, the worst car in the field. Although, in saying that, I, I feel that Williams, a bit like Red Bull, but at the other end of the scale, they're not as far behind as they were last year. And we saw that Alex Albon was able to finish 10th and, and score a point for the team uh, on the weekend in Bahrain. So, I, I think Williams may be in qualifying, not that great, but over a race distance, the car doesn't seem to be quite so bad. Uh, conversely, though, one team that looks like it's going to be for a long season is McLaren, and unfortunately for the Aussie fans who uh, are hoping that Oscar Piastri has a successful debut season, he's going to be up against it. We saw on the weekend in Bahrain, McLaren was not just slow, but it was unreliable as well with Oscar Piastri retiring from the race uh, very early on, and uh, his teammate Lando Norris didn't fare much better, having to make a lot of pit stops and also pushing a couple of laps behind the leaders. So we can only hope that some of the other circuits on the calendar suit the McLarens a bit better. The signs were, were not promising on the weekend, unfortunately. Now, you know a little bit about social media and, and what happens there. It's interesting after Oscar's first run and the disappointment of a DNF, how... The media headlines and also the social media headlines have been saying, Ricardo, he might be number three at Red Bull, but that's actually better than being a number one or two in McLaren. <laughs> yeah, well, um, such were the performances of McLarens that the more cynical observers might suggest that you've got better chance of scoring points as being the reserve driver at Red Bull than you do being a full-time driver at McLaren. So, like I said, let's hope that uh, McLaren get their act together and can improve their car. They do have some upgrades coming in round four of the series at Azerbaijan, but I think that'll be the same for a lot of teams as well. But let's just hope that for the sake of Oscar and the McLaren team, that there are upgrades that they're going to be enough to, to propel the team forward to be competing for points finishes. Now, the teams are staying in the Middle East and on the 20th, they run at the, the Jeddah Street Circuit, but... All focus will be on the beginning of April, the 2nd of April, when it's back here at the Melbourne Grand Prix circuit once again. Yeah, and we do actually have the Melbourneian in the form of Oscar Piastri running in the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne this year. So 
I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Oscar that weekend with the increased media commitments and, um, you know, being the, the lone Aussie driver on the Formula One grid now, there'll be a lot of attention and, and he will be right in the spotlight. But unless we get a, a 2002-esque situation where there's mass carnage and a number of the front runners getting wiped out, I can't really see any other possible pathway to Piastri getting a decent result. Now, Valtteri Bottas, the Finnish driver, he made a bit of a splash in Australian media heading into the Grand Prix, announcing that he's going to be part of the Adelaide Motorsport Festival, which is just the week before the Australian Grand Prix. And then he backed up on track with what I think everyone was happy to see, a a strong performance for Alfa Alfa Romeo, Put my teeth back in, Lockie. Um, and uh, an eighth point, uh, an eighth place finish for Bottas in the Alfa Romeo is probably a little bit overs in my mind. It's a good result. It's, it's similar to last year, actually, where Alfa Romeo also started the season very strongly. But Bottas is a big fan of Australia. His partner is an Aussie and he was in Australia at the beginning of this year on holidays. I think he spent a fair bit of time down on the, the Great Ocean Road. So he loves the Aussie lifestyle, Valtteri, and great to see that he's going to be participating in the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. All in all, Lachlan, what did you take from the first Formula One race of the year? I think probably the biggest takeaway point is just how far away from the rest of the field Red Bull are. And we can only hope that some of those other chasing teams do find some performance improvements. Otherwise, it could be a fairly um, predictable championship, you would have to say. So hopefully we, we do get some races where there will be a few other teams that are in the, the mix fighting it out for victory. Well, one thing that I am sure is not going to be predictable is this weekend we'll be up in Newcastle enjoying the new era of supercars and that's something that i know you're particularly looking forward to i can't wait for the supercars this weekend in newcastle and you're right if formula one was predictable and processional in bahrain i think that newcastle 500 is going to be the complete opposite we head up to newcastle with pretty much no idea about what's going to unfold because there's so many question marks the new gen 3 cars Obviously, we, we don't know which teams are going to get on top of their cars the best. We don't know which drivers are going to adapt to the new driving techniques the best. There's questions about how strategy might be different from what it has been in the past with different fuel consumption and fuel drops and different tyre degradation uh, compared to the, the previous generation cars. And it's all going to unfold the start of the Gen 3 era on the streets of Newcastle, a circuit that is renowned for, for, for producing action and unpredictable results regardless. So, um, yeah, in terms of predicting what's going to happen in Newcastle, your guess is as good as mine, Craig, because... Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know what's going to unfold. I'm looking forward to it too. And there's a, a couple of interesting things, Lockie, that haven't been widely reported. They're allowing one extra performance crew member to be at the track. So that means they'll have one extra mechanic, one extra engineer, however the team wants to allocate that that. Uh, person and um, I learned something the other day that uh, in fact 
the guys who do the sign writing aren't classified necessarily if they just do the sign writing as a performance member of the team. Well, I suppose technically sign writing is not really a performance-related uh, role, is it? So it kind of makes sense when you think about it that way. But it is interesting that they are allowing an extra performance-related crew member to, to be in attendance and I suppose that's just to allow the teams as many resources as they need to get their heads around these new Gen 3 cars because one of the things that you have to remember as well Craig is that yes the teams might be allowed an, an extra performance member but some of the performance adjustment capabilities of the drivers have now been taken away because at the moment there's no cockpit anti-roll bar adjustments in the cars so that's sort of something that the drivers are going to have to think about, that what the race, how they start the race is what they're going to have to deal with for the entire race because there's no capacity to be able to make adjustments from within the car on the fly. Yeah, it is going to be a fascinating first race. Lachlan Mansell, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Supercars and we look forward to talk to you about Formula One and others, other events throughout season 2023. Awesome, Craig. Thanks for having me. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.